After these messages, we'll be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey, Happy New Year, everybody. Almost, sort of. Welcome to After These Messages, the podcast where we talk about TV commercials. The great ones, the gross ones, and the ones where people say weird shit like this. You know what? I actually do feel more power. Potato chips! Yeah, that gets pretty weird. That's one of those Old Spice commercials. We'll be talking about that on the show today because the word of the day is weird. We're going to be looking at the weirdest ads out there. The intentionally weird ads. And when I say we, of course I'm not alone. I'm here with Genevieve Haz. We're your co-host today. Hey, Genevieve. Hi, Andrew. And joining us today for a return appearance is our friend. He's hosted the Grapes of Rad. <laughs> ah, he's hosted the Grapes of Rad podcast as well as the Leap Home a Look Bacula. His name is Mr. Aaron, the Ace of Mace Mason. Hello, Aaron. You are not alone. I am here with you. Let me ask you this: since you were on the show, let's say three or four weeks ago, and I dubbed you. With the best nickname ever, the Ace of Mace. Um, have other people called you that? Um, how has it changed your life? Well, my uh, immediate family has has uh, decided to drop my given name altogether. Yes. <laughs> and so that's been happening in my life. It's very exciting. That is exciting. So and I have you to thank. Thank you so me. much. Of course. You know, really, it's your nickname, but really it's about me because I came up with it and I'm proud of it. <laughs> I think it's the universe's nickname, and you just snatched that comet out of the sky and <laughs> it brought is, it down. It is true. For I'm all just, of us to enjoy. I'm just a vessel. That's right. Hey, can I make a note about your intro? Yeah, it, that I my, shouldn't it, suddenly just like yell when I stumble over the name of your <laughs> podcast? No. Well, The Grapes of Rod is my adult <laughs> entertainment analysis podcast, so you weren't wrong. But uh, my OCD, like, like I go into a twitch every time you do your intro because I just want to hear that last frog go, er. Yeah. Oh. It never does. But you're switching channels. You're switching channels. I know. And I know. that's the thing. But who would switch Andrew, right in the middle of the catchphrase? <laughs> that's right. No one. No one. Um, you know what also drives people crazy is the very beginning. Like, it, I guess it's the worst earworm that we have reintroduced into the culture is that after these messages, people say they just see the name of our show now and that gets stuck in their head for several hours. Brother, I remember that bumper bumper from like Saturday yeah. morning cartoons, 100%. There were a bunch of them and there was one with a bunch of like um, kind of soul singers and they sang oh, a yeah. different version of it. There was one where, do you remember there was a dog next to a fire hydrant? Yeah, it was and, all claymation. Yes, yes it was yes. claymation and the fire hydrant like I think cowered in fear of the dog peeing on No, 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 the dog... Like the dog lifted its le- lifted its leg on the fire hydrant right. like it was going to start something, and then the fire <laughs> hydrant starts singing at the dog and freaks That's it right. out. That's right. If you I remember correctly. Remember. Um, hey, thanks for joining us again. It's Thank you so always much. so much fun to have you on. I um, before we get into the the weird ads of 2015, um, I understand that since last time we talked, you decided to just live the dream and become a lamp maker. Yeah, like that's right. so many people before you, what's going on? You know that dream. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the la- the dream of the lamp maker. Yeah, you better believe. What's happening? Oh man, unemployment's a funny thing. <laughs> and, no, it's uh, not. And uh, at some point, you realize I got to do something like with my day that isn't crazy depressing, like uh, search for jobs that I'm never going to get. And mm. so uh, I decided I wanted to make beautiful, useful things and uh, out of stuff that people didn't want. 
So that's what I started doing. I saw my first uh, photo of one of your lamps. I mean, they're they really are cool. I'm giving you a chance to plug Thanks, here. Man. They really are incredibly beautiful, but they're Thank not you. your normal just like desk lamp. No, I take bottles that people like uh, like cool liquor bottles that uh, people throw away, and there's it's like 20 feet of really thin copper wire, and they have these little dewdrop. LED lights on them and they it's it looks like a bird's nest in there or like when you turn it on it's a it's it's like little fireflies in a bottle it looks good on and off I, uh yeah I like them and the reaction's been crazy how would people get these well uh you can check out my Instagram at fake Aaron Mason I'm still setting up the whole infrastructure because I literally just made a few and sort of posted it out to friends and and I've sold them already. So <laughs> it happened a little faster than I expected. Well, if you end up putting together some sort of ad campaign, I'm sure Genevieve and I would be happy to help you kind of conceive oh, of that. Guys. Or at least we'd be happy We're... to critique it on air. Yeah, yeah that's that. fine. You know, I'm comfortable with putting myself out there. <laughs> I right. can do it. I don't think that we can have you on that show, though. I think that would be a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah. We're very serious. What, yes. What if I just get real mad? What if, like, genuinely <laughs> offended? We are journalists, Mason. We would never cross Can that I line. Can I just tell you that I do have a secret dream that someday one of the advertisers we've uh, either lauded or... or lambasted. Lambasted, thank you, on this <laughs> mm-hmm. show, actually reaches out to us. That is, that, that's like my... That's going to be the threshold for success for me. I'm worried that the guy who uh, plays the part of the um, focus group leader in those Chevy commercials is going to exactly. (laughs) We're going to get really, really super famous, and then people are going to go back in the archives and they're going to hear that show where I gave my unvarnished opinion of him, and then I'm going to meet him at a Hollywood cocktail party, and it's going to be uncomfortable. But in this scenario, I'm actually a very successful person, so I guess I can put up with that little bit of uncomfortableness. You're not the Andrew I know because you're at a Hollywood cocktail party. <laughs> right, I know. Actually, Hollywood cocktail party is a new game you can play. You can download it for your PC or your tablet, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm really killing it at it's it. It's like Leisure Suit Larry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into some of these weird-ass commercials we've been seeing lately. Who are the ad wizards who came up with this one? Well, Genevieve, you're the ad wizard who came up with the idea of talking about these. One of the um, huge ads that a lot of people emailed in. I mean, immediately from our first show, we started getting emails um, regarding the Skittles ad, specifically the Skittles Pox ad. You're right. Since we started doing the show, people have brought this ad up. Um, I think it's... Very memorable, but also uh, uncomfortable in a visceral way. And uh, you're probably familiar with it. There's a a teenage boy covered in Skittles on his face, and a teenage girl is is talking to him about it. Yeah, and they're standing under some bleachers, presumably at a high school, and they're kind of covering his face like uh, pimples or chicken pox. You're acting so funny. What's wrong, Billy? I should probably tell you, this isn't just my complexion. My doctor says I have Skittles pox. Skittles pox? And then she goes and she peels one of these Skittles off of his face. And his face, you can tell, it's really stuck to his face. She eats it. Are they contagious? And then immediately she starts to get Skittles breaking out all over her body. I don't think so. Contract the rainbow. <laughs> Taste the rainbow. <laughs> I gotta say, I've seen that commercial on TV before. I've never really liked it. It always grosses me out, and that seems to be what a lot of the listeners say, that it's just such a gross ad, and they hate it, hate it, hate it. Watching it today for the first time in its full 30-second glory, I gotta say, maybe I don't love it, but I feel like I understand the genius of it. Yeah, I 
I don't dislike it, although I understand why it gives people the willies. Something about conflating like a viral pox with food. I mean, that's just, it's sort of a gross overlap. Yeah, right. But at the same time, Skittles has done a good job of over the years conditioning us to be prepared for something weird to come from them. And I think if you had suddenly Snickers or Eminem do an ad that had a kind of weirdness to it like that, it would be a much more unpleasant sensation than that. I think that's a great point. These things are generally aimed at people younger than me, I assume. So I expect the sort of levels of everything to be ramped up quite a bit, including like gross out levels. Mm -hmm. And so I'm generally not very uh, attracted to that type of advertising, but I do like funny. And in the beginning, I I was ready to sort of tune out, but that long pause and that kid's last little line at the end... Uh, I thought was genuinely really funny. I don't know why I feel the need to point this out, but there's something about their complexion as well, and not just, obviously, the Skittles that are stuck to their skin, but they're both very pasty white kids, Mm -hmm. and there's something Mm -hmm. about... I mean, I think the thing that really gets people is that actual moment when she reaches over and pulls a pox off of his face and then puts it in her mouth. I mean, it's nasty. It is, but but, but it's really... it, It had, like, the thing about their complexions and the way they're dressed, and they are not they're not your typical Disney teen, perfect-looking teenagers. Um, That's right. That ad's been on for a while. I bet those kids are basically grown up now. Yeah. But uh, they're, it's almost like a, there's a, like a slightly 70s-ish vibe to their look. They're not unattractive kids, but they're not preternaturally attractive kids either. And there's a retro throwback quality to their look that I think kind of works for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems to me to be pretty washed out in general, like everything about the tone yeah. and the color, except yeah. for those skills. Yes. So I took it as kind of like a, almost like a Pleasantville vibe, like everything is drab and dull, except for these bright colors and share the brightness and taste the rainbow and make a friend and all that good stuff. By the way, I, I'm pretty sure that the, this whole campaign was um, created by a, a company called BBDO Toronto, who also made kind of a longer version of something similar. It's a short documentary. It's uh, like three and a half minutes long, and it's called oh, yeah. Struck by a Rainbow. And it is about a guy who, as you'll learn in the documentary, is covered completely head to toe his entire skin has been replaced by a skin of skittles so if the two kids have regular skin but they have this pox of skittles this guy is a hundred percent skittle skin and the 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 documentary or mockumentary is called struck by a rainbow a skittles documentary and it is amazing i'm gonna play a little bit of it here the colors extraordinary I was one of the first people to see David when he was admitted here. I'm the one who found him, and I seen the whole thing happen. Uh, My name is David Millwood, and 14 months ago I was struck by a rainbow. And I am now made of Skittles. I still get stares. That's what people do, they just look and they think, I wonder what he tastes like. There's things. I mean, I don't have to go to the barber anymore. <laughs> I'm saving money there. Of course, there are good days and there are bad days, but we are going through them together. That 
little mini documentary is so good. We're going to po- post it to our Facebook page, right, Peeves? Yeah. So everybody can watch it. I cannot suggest enough that you guys uh, check it out. But again, it's got a pretty big ick factor when you look at this guy whose skin has been replaced with Skittles. Do you remember when there was the, the ad with the fella who – I'm thinking about why this is, like, disconcerting. And it's because there's a, a guy who people are, like, eating – as he goes about his day, yeah, and that yeah, kind of skittles me off are a little falling bit. Did, off of him, and their people are right. Eating him, I did yeah. love this, by the way, but still, yeah, le- eating his leavings or whatever is, is sort of weird. And then <laughs> I remember that ad. Do you remember the? It was some sort of I forget if it was chocolate or some sort of a perf- cologne or some sort of chocolate scented cologne. There's a chocolate guy walking down the street, and just these random ladies like turn around and are like, "Ooh!" and take bites out of his flesh. Do you, yes. do you guys remember that? Was that a, maybe an axe? Body spray? Yes. Because I can't think what other yes. company would make a chocolate scented <laughs> cologne. I do not remember You're it right. at all. Let me see if I can even find it here. He's spraying himself down with axe. Oh, yeah, now he's been a chocolate whole man. begins to burn at your very soul. That's the sweet. Oh, it's so nasty. Yeah, he's just like a chocolate man, and he's like picking pieces of himself off and sprinkling on people's ice cream, and people are licking him. Let's be clear. It's not people. It's ladies. It's all ladies. Oh, yeah. I mean, we don't have time to get into all of my many problems with the Axe body spray campaigns. Yeah. Um, They're inevitably distasteful in some way. But Genevieve, everybody knows ladies love chocolate. You ladies Ugh. cannot get enough of your <laughs> Can chocolate. Can you imagine a worse smell than like the uh, axe no. chemical <laughs> nastiness combined with whatever like fake chocolate scent they've oh, ginned gross. up in their laboratory? That sounds disgusting. Gross. Oh man, if they could just make an axe spray that smells like shopping, they'd totally have you guys. Oh my, oh my gosh, chocolate and shopping. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think that adds are simply getting weirder or have there always been weird ads in the market and we're just looking at the more recent examples of it? It's definitely weirder now. Like it's become sort of a thing to be weird. It's sort of a, a whole style on its own is the is the weird ad, which uh, which I believe was kicked off by, by something we're going to talk about in a little bit, that Old Spice ad, right? Yeah. Um, I totally agree uh, that, that I, Andrew, you and I have just debated this, but I really do think that the the current trend of weird ads that are are truly surreal and absurd was kicked off with the Old Spice ads starring Isaiah Mustafa. Yeah, let's take a listen to the original one. Again, I remembered this ad, but I forgot how brilliant it was until I went back today and rewatched it again. I, I had not seen this since and watched it today and was astonished at how many of those lines were like major in the zeitgeist and yeah. they're all from this one commercial see how many uh, how many phrases you recognize hello ladies look at your man now back to me now back at your man now back to me sadly he isn't me but if he stopped using ladies scented body wash and switched to old spice he could smell like he's me look down back up where are you you're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. what's in your hand back at me i have it it's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love look again the tickets are now diamonds Anything is possible when your man smells like Old Spice and not a lady. I'm on a horse. (laughs) To me, that did kick off this sort of whole idea that you could have ads where there wasn't necessarily a linear narrative running through it. Um, It's all about just getting your attention. I have always wondered with the Old Spice blitzkrieg of ads, of these, these ads, and then the subsequent ones where they added Terry Crews, 
What are their sales numbers like? Because everyone knows the ads. I don't know anyone besides your dad, Andrew, who yeah. uh, wears old spikes. My dad is an OGOS wearer. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, he has been wearing it as long as I've been alive. And I will say this. He always he used to brag about this a little bit, but I will tell you that I was witness to it. Like even in like the early nineties, you know, Back then, Old Spice didn't have these commercials, and it was only known as an old man cologne. And, you know, Mm -hmm. my dad at this point is in his 40s or maybe early 50s, and he's just been wearing it his entire life. And I'm telling you, I heard a lot of young women compliment him, like in restaurants, where people be like, oh, what are you wearing? That's nice. And they'd be like, Old Spice. And, like, he was kind of proud to be able to rock something (laughs) that was known as being so uncool, yet... Uh, I looked for the year that that I'm on a horse ad that we just listened to came out. I'm going to say we're getting near 10 years. I couldn't find a date on <gasps> really? it. Really? Don't you think so, Mason? Oh, at least. Yeah. Ten I would years? say so. I would Ten say so. 10 years? Wow. Everything is diamonds. I'm on a horse. Like people, I, when people were saying that around me. Yeah, it was a that was a, quite a long time ago. Yeah, it's, time is is speeding up quickly, and there's still th- Isaiah Mustafa is keeping it tight. Well, yeah, yes, and <laughs> you, we talked about this in another podcast episode, Genevieve, um, where we and you just alluded to it as well. You had the Terry Crews had this whole second campaign of ads that was for more of a like. I think the the specific product was something. It was a body wash that would promise to keep bo at bay for 16 hours or something. Oh, I watched a bunch something of these like things. That. Yeah, and it was all about power. We played that little clip at the top of the show today where um, Terry Crews screams, potato chips! Like, they're just (laughs) absolutely bonkers. And then you mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Genevieve, that they brought these two characters together, Isaiah Mustafa and Terry Crews, and Terry Crews representing the, the complete manly aggression power side of things and Isaiah representing the ladies man the more seductive the seductive yeah. yeah you know what i think you know you asked where does this trend come from and i don't know if it's cause and effect but as we were saying this is this was kind of a rebrand that old spice did to to break away from that image of just a kind of a crusty old man scent and mason you said sort of the same thing about the skittles ad right that it's like uh, aiming at a very young audience yeah, and I actually I think, so. think I actually think you're right, and I think that this is in some ways responding to the what I would describe as the Tim and Ericification of uh, comedy. Yes, where there's there's just a much higher tolerance for absurd surrealist comedy that doesn't necessarily go in a straight line or or end on a clear punchline. A hundred percent. You know, you've got like all great. of Adult in fact, Swim. I'm pretty sure Eric Wareheim directed those Terry Crews commercials. Is that true? I'm almost positive. Oh, let's that see That would make so much sense. Well, I did see that. So the original Old Spice commercials were created by um, a firm called Wyden Kennedy, and they're in um, they're in Portland. And I had seen that. I'm now looking at there's – a, there's a Wikipedia page dedicated just to the man your man could smell like. And I'm looking hmm. for the original – so the original release date, uh, Mason and I were wrong – I don't no. like saying that. I don't like saying that at all, but it's been more like five years. It was released in February of 2010, so that six years now. That makes way more sense now. to yeah, me, yeah. Six years they've been running. I know they've been around for a while, but ten years, I mean. Well, guys, it's been a long few years. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Time has really it feels, crawled. It feels mm-hmm. like, well, the first year felt like two years. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to say something that I know Genevieve doesn't agree with me on. I have no evidence of it whatsoever to back up my argument. And Mason, Ooh. I wouldn't be surprised if you think that I'm wrong as well. But I just need to – I just want to air this out and see if anybody agrees with me at all. 
when I think of the very beginning of the weird ads, the ads that are intentionally strange to get your attention, I think of the early Geico ads. And I think that Geico has been normalized. The weirdness of Geico ads has been normalized in our society because we see them all the time now. We've been bombarded with them for so long. But I swear, before these Old Spice ads, there were these Geico ads. Um, I'm thinking maybe even the short caveman ones. And I think there were some more generic ones before that where you would just be watching TV and you'd be like, what the hell was that? And it's it's over before you It's probably on a spectrum or a continuum. On. I mean, I won't disagree with you that the the Geico, I mean, Geico's um, ad campaign strategy and success over the years is a phenomenal story. That's a documentary I wouldn't mind seeing. Yeah. Um, I they were probably weird for the time, but I do still think that they stay they had a linear uh sort of plot structure. Um there wasn't they weren't surreal in any way. They were maybe uh offbeat or goofy, but maybe they kind of opened the door to an even more uh disjointed or um odd feel that mm-hmm. that you're seeing with some of these more like um consumer products. Yeah. I wonder if the term you might be searching for is like hyper stylized. Yeah, it, I think that's it right. It seems to me that it almost doesn't matter where, you know, people just respond to pictures more now. It's just the way people don't process information via words so much as taking, you know, little snaps of images. And so I think we're seeing with what I presume is, is great success with these campaigns, um, uh, a, a really just people are more interested in does this look cool is this have i not seen this before did this uh it, it's it's almost entirely about the visual i think that's exactly right and the perfect example of that is an ad that we we were thinking about for this uh, episode that probably doesn't really bear playing unless you just want to play the music andrew but it's um an ad for mountain dew kickstart oh you um, hate this one this is a commercial that i don't even think we can weird play visuals. it in this house yeah do you hate do you hate this commercial because i do for a very specific reason is it because of the weird dance the dog does yeah okay no but yes <laughs> <laughs> okay guys so, two expl- very specific explain reasons. the ad there's a bunch of dudes sitting around playing video games, and then and they crack open a Mountain Dew Kickstarter, and then everything just jumps to life. Yeah, everything in their basement hangout starts uh, doing a like dancing, and now they're all like doing a. Oh, the dog's doing a weird dance. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Yeah, the dog <laughs> dance is what drives you crazy, right, Genevieve? You feel, like, assaulted by this commercial. Yeah, it's just something. It's it's too it, much. Obvi- the chair's dancing. The dog kind it's of is much, doing a yes. grindy dance, sort of, a very sexualized grindy yeah, dance. All the objects and inanimate and animate objects in the room are doing a version of this dance. So what, what were you going to say, Mason? Well, I, I, I was going to say, uh, because I don't get, I don't have TV, I'm one of those people, so I watch things like online, and there was a chunk of about a month or so where every break in like Hulu oh. was this stupid commercial. And that just got in my head and still has not gone away. Do you know, I was going to ask you, as our um, EDM expert, uh, do, you <laughs> no, know what, do you know what song that is? No, I don't. I don't. Hmm. Right. I, don't. I guess I we, should. Genevieve, could you take a note? We're going to need a new EDM expert. <laughs> yes. For you know okay, what, guys? You. It's a rickety throne I'm sitting <laughs> on, okay? All right? So you guys, uh, I, I don't hate that ad. Like, I... I kind of enjoy it, but I think I enjoy it because I know how much it makes you feel icky. Genevieve, you have a story from your childhood where um, I hope I'm allowed to say this. 
You were at some sort of family fun park, and you met um, the Flintstones characters, oh, right? And yeah. you met Barney Rubble, and you were just... I always had a... We- I always had, a- 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 I guess my whole life, I've had a somewhat strange reaction to certain... Um, big hairy characters uh i didn't like animal from the muppets uh it was Hmm. all i would say to my parents was dirty dirty and i had the same response to barney uh which was like the at the the six flags-esque park near my near our house that we would go to every summer the characters that their mascots or whatever were hannah barbera yeah and that included uh the flintstone characters and barney rubble just somehow i just it was too hairy and dirty. And so you were just like a little kid pointing at him going, dirty, dirty. And that's like, <laughs> this commercial is kind of the grown up version yeah. of that for you. I feel I like you're is. just like, oh, the dirty. dog is dirty. Oh, turn it off. So I think my enjoyment for this ad only comes from watching it with you and watching your <laughs> visceral reaction to it. Yeah, no, I know it's totally, an, I know it's, I know this one, I'm, I'm the one with the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> I think a link maybe we haven't talked about that uh, ties all of this stuff together um, could be drugs, and I, that, I know that sounds funny, but like like EDM and Tim and Eric and all and and just the general greater acceptance of drugs in our culture right now, uh, you're you're starting to see more people kind of be okay with that idea, and maybe that's expanding into this very uh, you know drug influenced or I'll say seemingly drug influenced uh, style. Aaron, the ace of Mace Mason, that is what we call the perfect segue. You like flying? I got something that'll really make you fly. Another topic that we wanted to address on today's show was what Genevieve is calling weedvertising. Although I thought better of that after, Mason, after I got your email saying how much you dislike the overly punny approach to marketing (laughs) marijuana. I didn't even know about that. Okay, well, let's start from the beginning here. We were um, thinking about the fact that marijuana is now legal in Washington, Colorado, I guess Oregon now as well, although that was a little bit quieter. Have they now passed it? And you were going over the um, State Liquor Board of Washington State's rules about how you are allowed to advertise marijuana. Now, we are a podcast where we talk about TV commercials. I take it that you're not allowed to actually have TV commercials for weed? You are not. Uh, and the, the rules that govern television advertising for marijuana, at least in Washington state, uh, which were the, the rules I was looking at, you're not allowed to advertise on any mass media like radio or television because of a rule that says you cannot advertise within a certain distance of schools or within any kind of environment that would mm. be visible to children. Right. Okay. And so because TV, because a mass, any kind of mass media would be accessible to children, that's actually the rule that governs it. It's not specifically that you can't advertise on television. I got you. That makes sense. I will. You know I mean, not to be like that guy, but I will point out that these are stricter rules than you would have for, say, a tequila advertisements because those are all over TV. It infuriates me. It really does. That reminds me, Genevieve was poking around online and found some online kind of video advertisements. Um, And one of them is for something called King Crop Marijuana Seeds. Now, this uses the F word, so I know that this was never supposed to be for broadcast. But I actually don't like this very much at all. It's uh, some same. Yeah, you you watched this already. You know this ad. Okay, yeah. So this is like some sort of like. I guess somewhat kind of nerdy middle-aged guy uh, walks into a bar wearing a cardigan. He's just kind of subtly dressed. He just seems like a, 
I guess just a normal. And he walks into a bar, and there's a very disinterested bartender working there. And, uh, well, this is what happens. What can I help you with, bro? Oh, hello. I'm uh, looking for some purple kush and uh, hash brownies. Excuse me? You know, the plant that grows out of the ground. We only stock the liquid alternative. You know, the kind that leads to violence, social problems, the occasional gruesome death. It's 2014, man. And you're telling me I have no other choice but to consume these dangerous products? Dangerous as they may be, they are legal. I tell you what, you looked like a peach cider man when you came in first, but there are some beers over there. They're closer. Hmm. Why don't we try one of these old Sutteroonies, eh? Put it down. Put it down, put it down, put it... The commercial only gets more confusing from there because he tells him to try a beer, and then the guy picks up a beer, and then the bartender starts yelling, put it down. It's very unclear what is what is going on and then the guy drops the beer bottle on the ground and it smashes all over and then some sort of wizard guy comes in and is like you need marijuana leaves and he sells them marijuana leaves it is it starts off with a preachy premise but then it just veers Ugh. into they don't need i i mean it's kind of like guys you're not doing yourself a favor by trying to That's prove right. that you can run a regular ad campaign and smoke weed at the same time it is combative from the get-go and if you're ever going to try and convince people of your idea, because they're not just advertising their specific seeds, they're advertising like marijuana as a whole. Right. And to and, and that's that's everyone in the industry right now. And uh, that's why I get so upset, because you're not just in a market where you're only talking to people who think the way you do. There's a lot of outside looking in right now. And uh, and if you carry on like like you know, like jerks like these people and you're the end of your commercial, which is unwatchable. Yes. Uh, has a wizard who's like, what's yeah. up, bro? Like who is going to take you seriously I or totally listen to what agree. you have to say? I, I could not agree with that's exactly the reaction that I had to this ad. And a lot of it, a lot of them, like a lot of these kinds of ads and, and content like it, it is reinforcing the very worst stereotypes about right. uh, marijuana users and consumers uh, and, and sellers and it's this, uh, yeah, it's totally tone deaf, and it absolutely misses the mark. I want to, I want to read a couple of the questions. These, I, so I, oh, this I was is looking, from the Washington State Liquor Board site. Yeah, from the Washington State Liquor Board, um, they quite rightly knew that recreational marijuana purveyors were going to want to advertise and have a lot of questions about what advertising was legal, and so they got into a very detailed FAQ. And I'm just going to read a couple of the questions here. May I use provocatively dressed models, costumed characters, and or sign twirlers to advertise my business? <laughs> What's the answer? You need to check with your city and local authority to see if there are any ordinances that prevent the use of this type of advertising. Costume characters would have to conform to Washington Code 314-55155. Oh, the, that's called the furry code. <laughs> the furry code. Ah! The Joe Camel law. Am I able to have a mascot in a YouTube commercial? Answer, yes, as long as the mascot is not a cartoon character or is appealing to children. <laughs> Again, almost all of these questions involve some – I'm pretty sure this Q&A was written by a furry, right? Like every question <laughs> well, has to I'm, do with – I'm reading the furry heavy questions. <laughs> I like the one about – because I pulled this up too. Uh, I like the one about advertising the business on a vinyl-wrapped vehicle. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's not technically against the rules, but you're going to have to stay away from like a thousand feet away oh, from any restricted right. area. So yeah. like, right. if you drive to a, th- a thousand feet within a school or something, you- you're going to get you're going to get busted. Yeah, no, they, they clearly the, the driving uh, force behind all of these questions and all of the rules is, you know, no children's eyes may intentionally be 
assaulted with any kind of marijuana advertising, which this is, I mean, I hate to sound like those, you know, idiots we just listened to uh, in that ad, but it is pretty appalling that, you know, it's a legal substance in Washington and there's basically no such rules or pearl clutching about booze ads. Yeah, I mean, there are rules, of course, but not to this degree, of course. And I do think that that kind of comes with time. I I do understand why, especially Washington State being the very first state to legalize this, I believe it was the same year as Colorado. Am I correct on mm-hmm. that? Okay, I yeah. Yes. I think it was cycle. the same election cycle. So, so Washington State has a lot, and Colorado have a lot of pressure on them to make sure that they do it right. We have talked before, like some people are like, oh, marijuana is legal now. I'm going to eat a brownie. And they sit down and they eat a brownie that you would normally eat, you know, the, a size of brownie that you would normally eat for one person. Right. And they don't really realize, oh, no, no, you take a tiny corner of that shit, dude, because if you eat a brownie that size, you are going to have what happened in Colorado, which was like, you know, some kid, college kids go to Colorado to party under the new weed laws. They don't know how to consume it. They eat too many of these edibles and they go crazy. One kid literally jumped off a yeah. building. And like, or, or you get your uh, your, news, your New York Times newspaper columnist, Maureen Dowd, right, exactly. who did oh, exactly that, that and right. had a very <laughs> bad experience. But I understand that, though, because we are conditioned to see if you see a cookie sitting there, you're like, oh, a cookie is for one person. Right. But these things are made with so much content in it that unless you're already kind of in the edible culture, you don't know that one cookie is enough to serve eight people yes. or whatever it is. And then you're going to get people in trouble. So how does that relate back to advertising? I understand if Washington State is kind of like, hey, we're on the bleeding edge of this, but we want to do it right because if we're a success here, then we will see legal marijuana in other states as well. So here's my question for you both. Um, if we don't like, we didn't like that uh, that King Crop Seeds ad that we just saw. It was both poorly made and also very agenda driven and and absolutely sort of sent the worst signals about pot smokers or pot users. You know what it was? Sorry if I can compare. Yeah. It's like when it's like Christian movies where <laughs> Christian actors play yeah. atheists. Oh, that was this awesome. like bartender guy. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's a that's a good comparison. So so what would the right approach? Let's just say whatever the medium, whether it's YouTube or or print or you know, if it could ever be on television what would be the right kind of tone that would best serve the legalization agenda? Would it be a, a campaign that looks like a Cuervo campaign? You know, would it be a campaign that looks like a um, – would it be actually more kind of like – I mean, you know, you look at the Jack in the Box camp ads, which are not for mm-hmm. marijuana, but they're clearly aimed at stoners. You know, it's, it's like, uh, like yes. explicitly aimed at stoners. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a really interesting phenomenon that you brought up before that got us into this, Mason, that – that idea that we're just seeing these commercials that don't mention weed at all, but it's so clearly you're just seeing these right. stoned out people who just need food late at night. Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, I, I think I think there's room for all of this. And I think, Genevieve, to answer your question, the, the idea is you, you have to remember, like I said, you're sort of speaking on behalf of everyone in your industry. I'll use the word industry or culture, whatever you want to call it. You, you speak for all of weed. Yeah. And uh, cannabis, like anything, has a bunch of diff- – like alcohol. There's a bunch of different kinds. There's a bunch of different styles. There's stuff you bring to like a summer beach party. And then there's stuff – there's different alcohol that you bring to like a Christmas dinner. And, right. you know, 
and and there's there's all this variation. So I like to see variation in advertising as well, which I I think has to be information first because that's just a stage of the game that we're in. People, like you said, Andrew, don't know about not eating a whole brownie if they're not you know if if they're if they're new to it. Um, I I have a lot of friends who are sort of in this industry and they. Uh, on the retail side, customers come in and it's the same questions all the time. Hmm. Like the public has access to this, but they're not being really properly informed. So a and PSA campaign wouldn't be the worst thing. It wouldn't be the worst thing, but like we're turned off to PSA. Yeah. Unless in, I think it'd be up to the um, to the to the to the advertiser to sort of be you know uh, understand their responsibility and that they they have to sort of. Uh, educate some people. There's a company called Dama, I think, D-A-M-A is how you say it, uh, whose billboards I see who are very uh, highly stylized. They're not trying to aim at like punks, you know, or like young, like uh, it, 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 it looks good. Their, their billboard, you almost don't know what it is, mm-hmm. except that it says cannabis on it. It's just a, a lumberjack looking guy out camping, sitting by, the, you know, sitting out mm-hmm. of his tent. He's got a cup of coffee. It's like a, a lifestyle real appealing, brand. Yes, a real appealing lifestyle, and there are people to whom that speaks, and and I think there's room for all of that stuff. But but I information think, at this point is paramount. I think that's really interesting. That that idea that it's not a it's not a psychedelic looking pot leaf. It's not you know uh, sort of the the traditional. Uh, look and feel of but the advertising especially in the pacific northwest for someone sitting out in the woods having a you know camping and having a little having some weed with them that's an Mm appeal that is a lifestyle that is very popular in the pacific northwest yeah and i could see how that image would be a very appealing one and that's exactly what i mean like i think we're going to start to see more and more um diversification and sophistication with uh, marijuana advertising as it becomes more widespread and more legal and just more culturally acceptable to mainstream america yeah and i think that while i enjoy the jack-in-the-box ads the jack-in-the-box ads where um you know you have the stoner sitting around i think they're pretty funny but i actually in light of what we're talking about here i would like to see that go away a little bit yeah. like hopefully as as we right. becomes more kind of uh, mainstream you're going to see less and less of that stare that you know somewhat insulting stereotype but also somewhat accurate stereotype yeah. you know of of the stoners who are sitting around watching tv and playing video games i want to um play this ad which i actually like this is not very sophisticated it doesn't strike all of the right notes but if we are kind of agreeing that if marijuana becomes more and more mainstream, we will see sort of a phase-by-phase changing of the messaging for marijuana. If right now it's more of this broad outreach, hey, the whole industry is trying to convince people that this is the way marijuana should be handled instead of the black market. Here, you know, a little bit more informational, like you were saying, Mason. Um, Mm -hmm. And then down the line, we start to see more and more specifics. Hey, when you go to that holiday party, don't forget your purple kush or whatever it is. Totally. That would be be interesting. But here's one. But people are doing that and we don't know it because it's not being represented anywhere people are doing that you mean not not advertising but you just mean people are buying specific kinds of weed people are bringing weed to holiday parties now i mean Mm -hmm. people this is this is you're you're finding like a stereotypical like old rich sweatered white guy (laughs) is is now he's he's a pot smoker too Right, right. And, you're, and all the imagery and all the tone and everything you see is just sort of geared toward 
not that person. Yeah, because of course there, you're, there are more colors in the rainbow. If it wasn't clear already, you're you are in Washington State, so you're seeing this in a way that even in California, right. where it, it usage is widespread um, and not not um, stigmatized at all, it is not recreationally legal. And I have yet to see at a sort of grown-up holiday party someone bring it the way we bought we were at a holiday party uh, a week or so ago and we brought like some fancy little booze bottles you know right yeah mm-hmm. as a little right. housewarming but gift. it never we didn't occurred bring to a bunch us of to joints. go yeah. yeah to bring a fancy holiday bouquet of joints <laughs> I, I, I went to a party and there was a wreath wow. someone made a, a weed wreath really well, awesome. you're kind of all from the Burning Man culture, right? <laughs> how, first of all, how dare you? There were none of those people there. <laughs> actually, it was it was, uh, and I only bring this up because it's relevant. Uh, it was actually at a home of uh, a very nice home of some very, uh, you know, wealthy older white people, mm. kind of like the example I just had. And mixed demographics everywhere, yeah. and it was just very normal, you know, nothing out of control. And it's that sort of image that. It's sort of not a big deal, kind of, mm-hmm. is, is I think would be really, uh, really good to get out. I do want to play this one ad that I was kind of alluding to before, which was something that I guess was able to get broadcast in some markets. Genevieve, you found this. It was just in New Jersey by getting onto a, this is a me- specifically a medical marijuana advertisement. Yeah, I think they threaded some careful needle or just flew under the radar and, and they now, uh, boast that this is the first maybe only broadcast marijuana ad ever to air it's this guy who's clearly supposed to be like a drug dealer on the street and he's kind of talking to you as if you're a as if you're a prospective drug buyer only instead of drugs he's selling raw fish yo you want sushi i got sushi i got the best sushi this area is dry man you know that i know that and nobody's selling but me i got tuna i got salmon I got sweet shrimp. And it's really nasty. Like, he's, like, holding out his hand. He's got, like, raw fish, like, sashimi. Hanging inside his coat. Hanging inside his coat and just, like, (laughs) spread out on his hand. He's, like, hiding behind a dumpster and then approaching you. I got the finest sashimi this area has seen in years. You need me and I need you. Let's make this work. You buy some sashimi, I'll throw in some rice paper, man. Totally free. Gratis. I got everything. Even California rolls, baby. You wouldn't buy your sushi from this guy. So why would you buy your marijuana from him? Kind of a sleazy little ad, like the way it's produced. I think it's pretty but clever. But it's pretty funny. And at the end, he's like dropping edamame on the ground like he's just got no worries in the world. The, the production yeah. values aren't buy- great, but I actually think the concept is pretty good. Yeah. I'm not buying anything from anyone that says gratis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's check in with the ad council. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words saying Only the echoes of my mind All right, we're getting a lot of emails from you guys. The email address is after these messages show at gmail.com. And of course, you can always hit us up on our Facebook page after these messages show on Facebook. Uh, Genevieve, what we got? Well, we had a lot of responses to the Folgers brother and sister ad. Um, in which a brother and sister seem to have an unnaturally strong affinity for each other. <laughs> Do you know this ad, Mason? No, I tried to look for it and I couldn't find it. Oh, just uh, honestly, if you Google Fol- Folgers incest ad, it'll pop right up. Sadly, <laughs> I mean, we're not we're not the first people. This is an old ad. It Should came out in two thousand nine. It's a brother comes home from his mission work or something in West Africa to find his little sister waiting up for him on Christmas morning. 
and they share um, a moment that is really, really uh, noticeably weird. And then the parents come in and they seem to, the parents almost seem to be interrupting them in some sort of like near kiss or something. But I think as we start to see brother-sister love become more mainstream, we'll start to see more sophisticated (laughs) ads around it. Yeah. Uh, That's so right. We, it's not just the soldiers coming home <laughs> right. with a sack over their shoulder, guys. It's everyone. Oh, gosh. we got So we got uh, a number of uh, listener comments about this uh, from listener Jim, who writes, Since you've covered the incest angle, I'll bring up the other thing that bothers me about this ad. Peter comes home all the way from Africa, and his a-hole family doesn't pick him up from the airport. <laughs> he had to take a cab home. <laughs> Whatever he did to his sister must have really made them mad. That is so true. Like, why are I, uh, clearly oh, it was man. an early morning flight, but you can't like. And he's been gone for a really long time. You get that impression yes. because she apparently has become a woman right. since since he left. So yeah, n- nobody in the family cares enough to actually get into a car and pick him up at the airport. Yeah. So I think uh, listener Jim is right on. I think uh, Peter is probably persona non grata in that uh, household. Uh, listener Emily wrote in, uh, speaking of incest, how about those two KY enthusiasts whose tingle gel makes them feel like orange tabby litter mates? And I actually noticed, I mentioned this commercial uh, recently as well. I had the same, basically the same response. So this is for, uh, this, and I actually think this would be a worthy topic on its own. It's just the the rise of uh sexual and marital aid products. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And there's a, a an ad for, for KY... Uh, lubricant uh, with uh, a, a couple. They're 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 cuddled up in bed and they're talking about how this um, KY product uh, increases their uh, their lovemaking pleasure. And I agree. And and the way that the the pleasure the the excitement is depicted is two little kittens in a laser sort of against a laser background wrestling and and playing around. And you know it's supposed to be like you know it's very internet cat meme kind of thing, but. The idea of cat kittens playing yeah, as a metaphor work. for sex is so unpleasant to me, whether whether or not they're litter mates. Yeah, mm. it's, it's just so weird. And I, it, the commercial begins with them talking like, oh, yeah, our lovemaking was pretty good. It was fine at the beginning. And you just see the two cats kind of like wrestling around in right. a very traditional two kittens playing with each other kind of way. But it's a very unsexy image. I mean, it's just it goes from like talking about sex to being like, oh, wait, now I'm thinking about sex, but watching two little kitties just be kitties. So already I'm... I'm uncomfortable then they come back yeah, to the couple call. and they're like oh yeah but now we use this special jelly and it's just like it's driving us bananas it's crazy sexy then they show the same two kitties and they start kind of fighting with this laser background which also guys come on it's not 2003 yeah. anymore like cats and lasers like i think That's we're a little right. bit done with that but also it is just it is so unsexy i agree i think they just didn't know how to do it in a way that was um arable on primetime television yeah i guess that's so so mason if you were going to make a ky ad how would... <laughs> well it don't starts... answer that <laughs> please with a pickle and some peanut butter oh god i want to set up this um this next email that we got from the ad council and genevieve if you don't mind reading it but i i, I want to give you the setup we were talking about star wars ads the other day all of the product tie-ins related to Star Wars from Subway sandwiches to Duracell batteries to whatever else. And there was one Duracell ad that we talked about, and Genevieve and I had not seen the movie at that point. And we're also not huge Star Wars nerds. We enjoy the films. We're looking forward to seeing the movie. Um, And there was... We're we're in the same boat, by the way. Yeah. And and so we... 
had heard, Genevieve had heard, that some people were complaining about this Duracell ad because they said it actually contains a small spoiler. And Genevieve and I kind of described the spoiler in kind of a glancing detail and said, "That's that can't really be a spoiler. Like, come on. And we rolled our eyes about it. Now we have actually seen the film. We watched it yesterday. And I actually kind of realized, oh, wow, that kind of is a significant spoiler. Now, I'm being very vague here because this time I actually do want to give you a legit spoiler alert. We're going to break down what the spoiler was a little bit here and why it actually does matter a little bit. Mason, have you seen the new Star Wars movie yet? I have, yes. Okay, so you're cool with us talking about it. For those of you who have not seen the movie, I still don't think it's a huge deal, but I will admit that it is a bit of a spoiler, and we're going to explain why here. So maybe just turn down your podcast yeah, for about so the next 90 seconds. Three, two, one. Stop listening now if you don't want any more information about the the spoiler in this Duracell ad. Okay, so before we get to listener Paul's letter, here's the commercial that we were talking about. It's a Duracell ad. There is a um, kid who is playing with his lightsaber and uh, the movie kind of comes to life around him in his living room and in his bedroom and it's just like the power of his imagination and he's fighting real stormtroopers, etc., etc. And then he runs outside and he sees his sister who is dressed up like one of the main characters of the movie movie whose name is Ray, right? That's right. Yeah. And so we had heard that people were complaining on message boards that there was a spoiler involved because she uses the force. His sister, dressed up like Ray, uses the force or makes some reference to being able to use the force or something like that. And Genevieve and I mentioned this on the podcast and said, that's hardly a spoiler. I mean, it is Star Wars. We all know that the force is something that is in the Star Wars movies. How could that possibly be a spoiler? The movie is literally called The Force Awakens. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so we just kind of brushed that off pretty quickly. But now, listener Paulson in a note that actually I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, and Paul writes, this ad was well-intentioned, but may have accidentally or not spoiled something from the film. The idea that the Star Wars world has a thing called the Force isn't a problem, but someone using it is different. Showing the main female protagonist using Force powers is a pretty significant spoiler. The film opens with an admission that the Jedi are all but extinct, meaning that a protagonist using the Force heralds a return of the Jedi. Maybe that fact would have been obvious watching the film, uh, but the idea of spoilers is that people want to consume this content in a, a pristine form. Uh, they don't want to walk in with expectations. The question about who might be a Jedi seems obvious, but some viewers don't want the answer until the film provides it. And by the way, he adds yeah. that we are doing God's work, not the God, but a God. Oh, great. You mean as podcasters? Yes. Great. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Paul raises a real, that's a legit argument. I still like just a Is little it? bit of the back of my head. <laughs> can, I, can I ask yeah, one question? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I have not seen this ad. Are we talking about a clip of the film in which the uh, no, protagonist no, no. is no. a brother and a sister who are clearly dressed up like the protagonists of the film? Although I don't think there's a direct correlation the, to who the boy the, is supposed to be. It's unclear who he's dressed up as, but the little girl um, is dressed up dis distinctively in the costume that uh, Daisy no. Ridley wears throughout. Uh, guys, this is <laughs> all ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm not on his side. I think this is totally fine. D to make the connection that way, I, I don't think... Uh, no, I but don't. But wait, think hold that's, on. You've seen the, the movie the now, and like th this is straight-up spoiler territory here, guys. Again, if you didn't follow our first warning... But you've seen the movie now, Mason. You know right. that Rey has the Force. She is, you right. know, she has the makings of a Jedi Knight. You didn't right. know that going into the movie. That actually is a pretty significant plot point that is revealed as the movie goes on, 
right? Sure, but am I gonna? Am I sitting here watching a watching a battery ad a week before I'm gonna go see this movie? And like, oh, it's Star Wars, and these kids are dressed like Star Wars. Let me and, tell oh, you, look, someone uses the Force. That's what they do in Star Wars. I agree with you, but th- we are all speaking as casual Star Wars fans. I've been reading about now that I've seen the movie. I've been going back and reading some of the media that I avoided in the run up to the movie because I didn't I didn't want to be spoiled. And the expanded universe of Star Wars and the mythology around Star Wars, I mean, it is not an exaggeration to say it is a religion for some people. So I can understand how for perhaps a minority – certainly a minority, but but a significant minority given given the the, uh, content that we're talking about, they care about every tiny nuance detail. And so – I again, I, I don't think for the casual Star Wars or Duracell consumer, uh, this matters. But there is a small but vocal minority for whom any kind of um, uh, spoiler or any any reveal that is not organic to the movie uh, is is a problem. But I mean, in that case, they, I mean, you know, for those people, life is going to be tough because right the the content but, is out there. But do you think do you think Duracell knew? Like this, this movie was so locked up tight. Do you think that the, that Disney or whomever uh, uh, let this plot point out to Duracell? Well, or they went must like, have. Hey, must- here's some costumes to dress your people as, and Duracell took it on their own to sort of do what they did. Well, there must have been so much coordination, though. I mean, this is an official Star Wars ad. It's for Duracell, but it's I mean, got three PO with like, his like, red it's arm, real C three PO, not like a dog dressed up. Like, like there is. Huge production mm-hmm. value that went I into see. this. I mean, they used real stormtrooper outfits, real C three PO. I can't remember the other characters who were in it, but you know, the idea is they're in this boy's imagination. But it's a very high budget, high concept video or commercial, and so I'm sure that for, there was so much communication between the studios and these products and advertising agencies about how they were going to unroll and unveil all. Yeah, these and things. I also I don't think Disney lets anything go out with Star Wars branding that doesn't. Um, adhere to their branding guidelines and enhance sure, or sure. support the the Star Wars uh, marketing narrative. So I actually wouldn't be that surprised if if a few of the ad uh, makers, not maybe everyone at Duracell, but if if some of the ad sure. makers actually did get to see the movie in advance, it, it does have enough uh, kind of details from the movie that 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 feels possible. You sound a bit frustrated, Mason, and I kind of understand that because I I don't feel like we need to we as a society or whatever need to bend over backwards to coddle the people who are so extreme right. into this niche culture. It, but the problem is, it's not niche, first of all. But I mean, the extremes sure. to which yep. some of these people go to avoid spoilers is definitely over the top. But I guess part of me is kind of like. Yeah, but if you're one of those people, the responsibility is on you to avoid those spoilers. And then you're just watching, you know, a a rerun of Malcolm in the Middle, (laughs) and all of a sudden a Duracell ad comes (laughs) on. You're like, oh, cool. It's a, it's, you know, I love Star Wars. I can't wait. And you're like, oh, shit. She's a Jedi? Yeah. Like, I can actually sort of see why you would be a little bit like, I have gone out of my way to avoid everything. I just want to enjoy this Big Bang Theory, and then boom, they screwed <laughs> it for me. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the multitude of mistakes in the sentence you just made. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue against myself in an attempt to win back the nerds. Okay. I, uh, I very much enjoyed Game of Thrones, the television show. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought about this uh, uh, like while I was watching Star Wars. 
I remember seeing these plot points unfold and the, and the, you know, the several spoilers that happen in The Force Awakens and going like, you know, I'm enjoying this so much more because, again, I'm arguing against myself here. Uh, I enjoyed this so much more because I wasn't spoiled because I didn't know anything. And that made me think of all the wonderful, wonderful, hardcore Star Wars-esque Game of Thrones fans mm -hmm. who said nothing about the Red Wedding. And I remember what uh, what a fun thing that was, what an experience that was. So you watched when, that unspoiled. So it was unspoiled. I was watching it on TV, even though the books had been out for forever. Mm -hmm. And I had friends who were big Game of Thrones people who, Including who us. said nothing. Right. And I and and I remember seeing Star Wars and going like, okay, like uh, that's that's good. It's good that people do that. Uh, whether expectations are realistic with battery commercials, I, I'm not sure. But uh, I will say that. Um, that it's it's very nice when people hold back spoilers, and I do appreciate it. The last thing that I will say on this, going back to that Duracell ad, is you see C-3PO, and you see that he has a red arm. Genevieve actually pointed that out to me during the podcast, and I was so excited to find out, why does C-3PO have a red <laughs> arm? And then we watched the movie yesterday, and it's just like, oh yeah, he just has a red Sorry, arm. Sorry, I gotta wait for 2017. Yeah, no I answers! Guess, uh, yeah, there's no answer. I guess maybe, do you think that they are kind of holding out on us, or they're just kind of saying, oh, it's been 30 years robots have to get repaired sometimes you think we'll get the backstory i think oh. we'll get the backstory i think we'll have to it's too yeah. significant yeah. To not. it's too it's too significant and there's a lot of, there's quite a few questions that remain unanswered absolutely like how did chewbacca become addicted to heroin <laughs> <laughs> you can't sell anything you can sell anything all right, one more time, guys. If you want to contact us, you can email us at afterthesemessagesshow at gmail.com. We're on Facebook as well under that same name. And you can call into our voicemail line, 607-444-5597. 607-444-5597. Aaron, the ace of Mace Mason, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for having me again. I, I love this show. I love you guys. It's a pleasure every time. It's an open invitation. Let's remind everybody that you are the host of Grapes of Rad, another wonderful podcast. I say another because I think this is a wonderful podcast. Also, The Leap Home, A Look Bacula, and... Do you have a name for your lamp-making business yet? No, I don't. Uh, it's We're at the ground floor, kids. So if you want to follow me on Instagram at uh, fake Aaron Mason, that's that's how I keep in contact with the outside world. Okay, so that's how people can get more information. And maybe if people are looking for one of these lamps or if they like the way it looks, maybe they can reach out to you that way. Coming in the next week or two, 100%. Awesome. Well, thanks again, man. Thank you. All right, the rest of you guys, we'll talk to you next Tuesday. You can sell anything.